Hello and welcome to another podcast. It's just great to have you all with me today. Um, today's question is, um, how does God view my persistent sin? So how does God view my persistent sin? So you could say just today, this is an in-house conversation really. This is really completely directed at Christians because um, you need to consider that you do sin. So it's completely directed at Christians. Um, and the other thing to say just before I start, when I ask that type of question is how does God view something? You might say, well, how do you know? How can we know for sure? How can you know whether God views it this way or that way? How do you know how he really feels? Well, what I would say, and it might sound obvious, but I equate what the Bible says with how God feels. To understand how God views something, he's made it clear in his word. If you believe the word of God, the Bible is the word of God, then that's how we know how God views something or how God feels about something. So in this question today that I'm going to address, and it, it, it really appeals to all peoples who at one point or another have got caught up in the same sins over and over again, or maybe you're sitting at the moment thinking, I don't know how God feels about such a sin. Well, I want to look at that today and I'm going to just add in here, basically probably one of my favourite scriptures of all time, the one that really kept me strong through many difficult years at times and, and maybe uh, through my Christian life. Uh, but again, the question, as I say, is how does God view my persistent sin? Um, and what I want to look at, first of all, just a very important scripture, um, which we'll probably refer again to as I look at our main scripture today, which is Hebrews 10. But the scripture I want to look at, first of all, is 1 Corinthians 10. And again, I'm going to refer back to this scripture. This is a very important one. And this is a warning uh, about Israel's history. Israel was a chosen people of God, which I addressed in my last podcast. Um, but they had fallen down in many, many ways. But God says, look, take a warning, take heed from what these guys did and, and don't repeat it. Don't do what they did. But it does tell us in 1 Corinthians 10 and um, verse 12, it says, So if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But if you are tempted, guess what? Who, who out there is tempted? Everyone is tempted to one extent or another. And the temptations change year on year. But it says if you are tempted, and this is a very profound phrase, and I'd love to get people's thoughts on this and how God does this in your life. But how does he provide a way out for you when you're tempted? And I've had this search on this and I really have found some ways that it helps me specifically. What can I do? What alternative way of thinking? What alternative approach to my day or whatever it is? What way does God give us a way out? Because it says there he gives us a way out. There's always a way out. We've got to hold on to that. But does it go to our theme scripture now on this? So again, how does God view persistent sin? All right. The, the key scripture and this is say the scripture is definitely one of my favorites in the last 10 years. I've went back to this scripture repeatedly. Sometimes when I, I was in sin myself and then I read this scripture and I thought I have to do something about this. Um, Hebrews 10 verse 26 says, if we deliberately keep on sinning after we receive the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished, who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them, and who's insulted the Spirit of grace? For we know him who said, 
It is mine to avenge, I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It's a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So, <clears throat> this scripture here, I came to it several times after knowing that I'd done things repeatedly that I know I shouldn't do. And I remember reading this and thinking, oh dear, it, it really does seem to pronounce a judgment on the person who keeps on sinning. So, it's very clear from the scripture that we really mustn't be deliberately continuing to sin. A few things just to clear up though. And there's a few key words here just to bear in mind so that we're not all putting ourselves into the same box here. And the first word is deliberately. So it's not, and this is not to excuse sin by the way, but it says somebody who's deliberately doing a bit of forethought. They've actively chosen that path. They haven't found themselves there maybe completely accidentally or they haven't just been forced upon them or they find themselves in a situation. Again, any number of ways of looking at this, but it says deliberately. So you know and you've made a, dis a definite decision to sin. It wasn't that somebody pointed something out to you that you were unaware of, but you know yourself you chose to do something that was, was deliberate. All right. The other thing it says is it's not saying the person who deliberately sins. It's saying the person who deliberately keeps on sinning. So it's talking about repetition here as well. So the pronouncement after all of this is talking to the person who's deliberately sinning, but also deliberately keeps on sinning. So it's not just a once-off thing. And it's not, and again, I can't get into time frames here, but it's not even maybe a yearly thing. It's something that somebody has kept on doing. Now, you could argue keep on is maybe twice, three times. It's more than once, but we can't say how many after that. But it's something that deliberately keeps on doing. And so what does it say about an action like that in our lives? Whatever it happens to be, any number of things. It can be just aggressive, angry thoughts, lustful thoughts, lustful actions, lies. It could be deceit. It could be, you know, just um, being slanderous. Any number of things in our lives. It can be any number of things. Um, but it says for the person who deliberately keeps on doing these things. So maybe unwholesome words, swearing. You know, these things, the person who keeps on doing these things, it says, after receiving the knowledge of truth, it says, no sacrifice for sins is left. In other words, you've abolished what Christ can do for you. You've nullified its power. Your sins can't be removed because you've chosen deliberately to keep on doing them. So there is a requirement after received to stop deliberately continuing to sin. And it says it here, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment. Um, now, what I want to draw out of this scripture is something I read myself recently, which I find to be very, very powerful. And there's some visualization and imagery here that we need to go down to help us if there is something in our lives that we're deliberately continuing to do that we know isn't right. And the Bible describes very clearly what you're doing if you choose to keep on doing something that you know you shouldn't do. It says, just to remind us, like anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the two or three witnesses, how much more severely... Do you think someone deserves to be punished? So the person who deliberately keeps on sinning, how much more severely do you think they deserve to be punished under the New Testament, under Jesus dying for their sins? And it says, and it describes that person. It says, how much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has? And the who has here is what you then do if you deliberately keep on sinning. You are, it says, you've trampled the Son of God underfoot. Have you ever trampled something underfoot before? Uh, I remember recently we were walking in like a marshland in the forest. We were playing hide and seek with the kids on holiday. And I remember to get in past to find the kids, I had to trample through nettles and weeds. And I remember 
very distinctively putting a big boot on them and I wasn't didn't care how I treated them. I didn't care if they were ripped or wrecked or ruined or I pushed them into the muck. It didn't bother me at all. I was trampling some, something underfoot. I was treating it with contempt. It was, it was no issue. It was just bouldering it out of my way. It meant nothing to me at all. And it says a person who deliberately keeps on sinning is trampling the Son of God underfoot. I mean, that's a huge, a huge thing to visualize that we're doing to, to Jesus, the Son of God, when we deliberately keep on sinning. Um, you've also, it says, treat it as an unholy thing, the blood of the covenant that sanctified them. You're treating the blood of the covenant, the blood of Jesus, as an unholy thing. Have you ever treated something as an unholy thing? A piece of rubbish that sits in your room? Um, and you've, you, know, you don't treat it with any holiness, with any, you don't like it, you don't like to look at it. Um, you treat it as an unholy thing, something that doesn't mean anything to you. It's of no value to you whatsoever. You don't desire to look at it. Uh, you don't treat it with any respect. And this is it says, the blood of the covenant we're treating as an unholy thing, an unholy item in our life. And the last thing it says that we've done, as long with trampling the Son of God, treating as an unholy thing, we then insulted the Spirit of grace. We are under the Spirit of grace, New Testament Christians. Our blood has washed away our sins if we repent, get baptized and keep away from them sins. But it says we've insulted the Spirit of grace. Have you ever been insulted before? It's a horrible thing. Somebody's treating you with contempt, contemptuous attitude. Have you ever insulted something yourself or treated somebody and insulted them? It means you really disrespect them. You've no respect for them at all. You're happy to put them down. You've negative thoughts about them. It says that when we deliberately keep on sinning, that this is what we're doing to the Spirit of grace. So I read this myself during the week on holiday and it really powerful imagery in my mind that it says the person is doing who's deliberately continuing to sin. So how does God, you know, view my persistent sins? Well, if they're deliberate and you keep on doing them and you know that they're wrong, yes, first of all, let's remember God will provide a way out and he'll continue to provide a way out. It, maybe if it's the 400th time, 400th time you've done it, but it says when we do this, and I just say this to, to warn us because I said it and I warned myself. I felt convicted by this. I think, what am I actually doing when I continue to do this? Well, I'm trampling Jesus under my foot. And I know what it's like to trample something under my foot. I'm treating as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant. And I'm also insulting the spirit of grace. So I think it's really helpful if we can do this. Just visualize what them things are saying. What it means to trample. What it means to treat as an unholy thing. And what it means to insult. What does that actually look like? So visualize that. And I think that helps us then when we go down a path of doing the things we know we shouldn't do. Of really helping us to stay away from them things. That could be hard hitting for us today. And I know that a lot of the time myself I've been well intentioned and wanting to stop doing certain things. And maybe God's revealed it at a certain time. And I don't feel that God is ungraceful in this situation. He will reveal to us what he wants us to see. He will provide a way out. And if we do keep doing something, he will gently try to restore us. Um, so, But if we keep going down that road, as it says, we, we are in the dodgy territory, if you like. And it does tell us and it helps us to visualize what it looks like when we continue down that path. I will pray for us. Give us any prayer requests that you have about any difficulty you have. I mean, we, we continue to all have them. I think the important bit, we're no more righteous than anyone else, uh, than non-Christians. But the issue is about our attitude. Do we see 
our sins, that we confess them. And it says, pray for one another, that prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. So just some thoughts today, more an in-house discussion about, you know, how God views our, our persistent sins. Um, as I said already, he does provide a way out, but he also wants us to really reflect on and think about, um, you know, what we're doing when we continue to sin. And just so we know, I picked up this book, the Bible, uh, many times when I was knew myself, I continue to do things I shouldn't do. And the scripture spoke to me. God will speak to us through his word. His, when I say how he views something, we know from his word how he views things. So please drop us any likes or comments or thoughts you have on us today. I'll be back again with you very soon. Many thanks for listening.